0: Hello my friends, this is April 8 and I welcome you to my Songs and Stories podcast. Take a second today to subscribe and you'll never miss another story. Today's episode is called Quinn Quillo and the Blue Ribbon. It's story three in this series and it's episode 29. Now before I begin, I have some exciting news that I'd like to share with you. I'm part of a wonderful group who create quality podcasts for kids like you. We're called Kids Listen, and your folks can find out more about us at kidslisten.org. But for these next few weeks, we're all playing a game together. We're all creating podcasts on the theme of Hit the Road, with stories and games and ideas all about traveling. Isn't that fun? So if you want to hear some great stories and learn how to play some fun car games, well, head on over to Sparkle Stories Podcast, and they'll teach you some new games. And another interesting podcast for kids that's all about history is The Past and the Curious. They tell true history stories, and this week's episode is about a woman who traveled over the Niagara Falls in a pickle barrel, and now... Back to Quinn Quillow. I like to start out all of my stories with a special little song that goes like this. Oh time bound travelers, lay down your cares and rest your bones. And I'll tell you a fairy tale. That I have come to know And now it's time for our story Well, my friends, it's been a few weeks Since we heard the beginning of this tale Quinquillo, Story Catcher If you haven't heard the first two episodes of this story Episode 24 and 27 You could go back and listen now you could just go ahead and listen to today's story, and then go back and find out what you missed. But either way, the question is, where did we leave off? Well, our friend Quinquillo was telling a story, and here is what was happening. Oh yes, it was quite a mess our rascally raccoon friend, Mr. Chester Chimbles, had found himself in, wasn't it? He'd gone up the tree to Mrs. Robin's nest to see if he could find some baby birds to eat. Oh, wait, no, that isn't right. He wasn't supposed to eat the baby birds, was he? No, he was up there as a favor to Alice, the morning dove, and her friend, the old woman who lives in a tree. They had asked Chester Chimbles to go and have a look in the robin's nest, to see if he could find a blue ribbon that Mrs. Robin had taken accidentally, a blue ribbon that had been lost by a girl named Jimmy. Well, he found the ribbon all right, but um, thanks to some rather sharp pecks from Mrs. Robin, Chester Chimbles did not get the ribbon. It was still up at the top of the tree, woven in to Mrs. Robin's nest. And so now, here we go. Stella Squirrel, the morning dove Alice was saying. Oh, you smart, quick little squirrel. Why, you'd be perfect to sneak up in Mrs. Robin's nest and get that blue ribbon. Oh, well, Stella was curious, as squirrels so often are. Is that what Chester Chimbles was doing? Getting a a hair ribbon? Oh, yes, dear, Mrs. Robin took it up to her nest, but our Jimmy needs it back. The ribbon was a gift, you know, to Jimmy from her friend, and she just must have it back. Oh, well, said Stella Squirrel, I bet I can get that ribbon, but I'm going to need some help. I I think I know just the one to help me, too. He's the smallest, bravest friend I have let me call him. Chick, chick, chickaree, she called. Chickaree, chickaree. And then she turned to the dove and she said, he's pretty small. It might take him a little minute to get here. And she flicked her long squirrel bushy tail impatiently. Well, the sun was getting low in the sky, and all of Stella's instincts told her it was time to go curl up in her soft squirrel's nest of leaves and go to sleep. She was staying up way past her bedtime, but Stella wanted to help the old woman who lived in the tree and the morning dove. She'd always admired the old woman, her strength and her kindness and her gentle intelligence. Stella also hoped... Truth be told, that she might someday be invited to share in a bowl of the old woman's chestnut stew, which she was always cooking up in a big kettle on crisp autumn days. Mmm, it made Stella's mouth water, just to think of it. Stella was pulled out of her chestnut stew reveries by the sound of a shrill, small voice calling up to her. Stella! Stella! And there, on the ground, way, way, way down below, almost just a tiny speck of trouble he was, a small mouse, the smallest mouse the old woman had ever seen, was calling up from the ground. He was waving his arms vigorously, or she may never have even seen him. "'Stella, are you there? Come down and get me, will you?' Spain, Stella called, and she gave a chickerie of delight at the sight of her wee friend. And with a flick of her tail, Stella squirrel skittered down that oak tree and then right back up again with the small mouse riding astride her like a horse and holding tightly to the fur of her neck to keep from falling to the ground. "'What are we doing? Why'd you call me? Is there danger, maybe?' He sounded hopeful. "'Because I love danger,' Brisbane said as he jumped off Stella's back and bowed grandly to Atlas and the old woman. Well, the old woman who lives in the tree chuckled and she smiled at Brisbane. "'Thank you for coming to my home. It is nice to meet you, wee mouse.' I am not a mouse. I am Brisbane, the conqueror, said Brisbane, flexing his muscles. Oh, yes, of course. It's nice to meet you, Brisbane, the conqueror, said the old woman. And the morning dove replied, hoo, oh, oh, thank you. She seemed to be trying not to laugh. Stella said to her friend, Brisbane, thank you for coming. I'm so glad you're here because I need your help. Here's what's going on. And she explained the whole story to her jaunty friend. Well, once he'd heard the details, Brisbane's eyes sparkled with glee. "'Yeah, that sounds nice and terrifyingly dangerous. "'What, with Mama Robin and her sharp beak protecting her babies? "'Ho-ho! It's a good thing I brought my sword,' he said, "'pointing to a tiny twig he had strapped around his waist "'that none of them had even noticed. "'I'm in! Let's go!' said Brisbane. "'I don't believe you'll be needing a sword,' said the old woman gently. Brisbane sighed, and he put his sword away. Then he swung back up on Stella's back, and off she flew, as only a squirrel can do. Sprinting across branches, scurrying up and down and around tree trunks, nimbly leaping from maple to elm to hackberry to birch. Brisbane was quite dizzy by the time they got to the foot of Mrs. Robin's tree and he slid off Stella's back to catch his breath. What's the matter? asked Stella in confusion and concern. Brisbane tried to sound tough, but his whole head was spinning. "Uh, uh, I I I just need to sit down for a second or, or, or two, he said, falling to the ground and groaning. He lay there on his back, panting for a while trying to get his head to stop spinning. But can you imagine a roller coaster ride that isn't even on a track? Well, that's a bit what it's like to ride on a squirrel's back. Stella replied, Oh, okay. Huh. Uh-huh. Maybe I shouldn't have gone so fast. I was just doing my usual thing. I, I guess mice don't usually move that fast. Uh, I'm sorry. Why didn't you say something? I was too busy holding on for my life, Stella. But uh, I'll be okay. Don't worry about me. Brisbane tried to look tough and stand up, but he just fell right back down. As far as he was concerned, the whole world was still spinning. "'No worries, Brisbane. You stay here and catch your breath, "'and I'll go see what's going on up in Mrs. Robin's nest.' Uh "'Uh-huh,' said Brisbane from the ground, "'and Stella shot silently up the tree "'to see what the scene was like by the Robin's nest. "'Yup, it was all just as she had suspected. "'And when she came back down, "'Brisbane was standing on his two wobbly hind legs,' using his sword like a cane. <laughs> Stella couldn't help but giggle. Oh, hey, old man, are you ready? She laughed. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, I'm ready, said Brisbane reluctantly. Here's the plan, she said, filling him in on her idea. And I'll go a lot slower this time getting you up the tree, Okay. Stella gave Brisbane a gentle pat of reassurance and she stooped down to let him climb back up on her back. Brisbane hoisted himself up with quite a bit less enthusiasm than he had before and Stella, true to her word, picked her way very carefully and slowly up the trunk and into the branches. When they reached Mrs. Robin's branch, they looked at the situation. The moon was shining down to reveal Mrs. Robin asleep on her branch and the little nest just below her with four baby Robins peacefully sleeping inside. It was all so nice and cozy up there. Oh my goodness. Stella and Brisbane knew that if they made a tiny peep, Mrs. Robin would wake up. That much was obvious. Shh, Brisbane and Stella, don't make any noise. And shh to you too," said Quinquillo to his audience. "Don't you children out there make a peep either, or Mrs. Robin might hear you too." Shh. All the children in the audience giggled. <laughs> Brisbane slipped silently off of Stella's back and gave her a reassuring wink that he was A-OK. Stella pointed her squirrel paw to show Brisbane the exact location of the blue ribbon. And there it was, right there where Mrs. Robin had carefully woven it into her nest. Brisbane nodded to Stella and in his Sneakiest, sneaky, sneaking, he crept into the nest. Stella watched him as he quietly, quietly, quietly tiptoed around the baby birds to the ribbon. Brisbane gave a gentle, gentle, gentle tug and the ribbon moved. He gave another gentle, gentle, gentle tug and it moved again. Alert to every sound, Brisbane's whiskers were flicking about, picking up every air current in the night, every smell, every movement inside the nest. As Brisbane used his tiny mouse paws and wee teeth gnaw away the twigs that held the blue ribbon in place. Suddenly, Brisbane froze. Mrs. Robin was shifting slightly on her branch. Stella held her breath. Everything was still. Brisbane went back to his work. Carefully, carefully, carefully. He tugged ever so gently, and then the ribbon was loose. <gasps> oh. <gasps> Brisbane held it up victoriously over his head to show Stella, and she gave him the paws up. He smiled back at her, and then <gasps> Like a jackhammer in the night, Possibly the loudest jackhammer of all time. A woodpecker in the tree next door was drumming out a call into the night. Well, as you can imagine, Mrs. Robin was awake in an instant, and so were all the little baby birds, too, of (gasps) course. And there was Brisbane right in the middle of the nest. <gasps> he would get caught the instant Mrs. Robin flew down to check on her children, <gasps> her babies. Stella steadied herself and she tried to look as much like a tree branch as she possibly could so Mrs. Robin wouldn't see her. And all the little baby birds opened their mouth wide and said, peep, 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 peep. What could Brisbane do? He squeezed himself between two baby birds. He opened his mouth wide and said, peep, 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 peep. Well, peep, 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 chirped all the little baby birds. peep, 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 chirped Brisbane. "'Birdlings,' said Mrs. Robin, and she pulled up a little bit of worm she had eaten earlier in the day "'and dropped it into each of the wide-open mouths of her four little baby birdlings. "'One mouth, two mouth, three mouth, four mouth, five mouth. "'Five mouth! Five mouths, and one of them has whiskers? Hmm!' Well, she thought, I must be dreaming. And how strange she thought it was that her special blue ribbon was sticking out loose in her nest. Why, how did that happen? She picked up the ribbon and she poked it back into the side of her nest with her sharp beak, right back where it belonged. Oh my goodness, she thought to herself, what a night. Da. da, 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 da. Oh, that darn woodpecker. She'd have to go have a little talk with him. Keeping her babies awake. Some birds. And Mrs. Robin flew over to the next tree to have a little talk with the busy woodpecker. Let's get out of here, Brisbane whispered to Stella. Yes, let's, she whispered back. And quick as a wink, Stella jumped over to the edge of the nest and Brisbane jumped on her back and away they went, blue ribbon left behind where Mrs. Robin had poked it back into her nest. Well, all the way back to the ancient oak tree they went much more slowly than they had come for Brisbane's sake and they found the morning dove snoring into her wing and the old woman waiting patiently for their return. Oh my, you two look a little worse for wear. I wish I had some chestnut stew to fortify you, but there aren't any chestnuts this time of year. Alice, wake up, dear. The children are back. Did you get the ribbon? Alice opened one eye and asked hopefully. No, ma'am, we did not. "'said Stella Squirrel. "'Brisbane was a bit indignant. "'We woulda, though, if that woodpecker "'hadn't woken everybody up. "'I had it, I had it right here in my paws.' "'Now what about a woodpecker?' asked the old woman. "'Well, Stella recounted the whole story "'to the two of them, and she couldn't help "'but laugh at the part where Brisbane "'had to pretend to be a baby bird.' I don't know that I'll ever get the taste of old worm out of my mouth, he said regretfully, and he threw himself down on the old woman's rug, and he fell asleep instantly, and he even started to snore. (laughs) Poor Brisbane. Oh, bless him, said the morning dove. Well, just then, a possum came peering out of the dark. She must have heard a bit of the tale, for she was saying, That little girl, Jimmy, shouldn't have lost her ribbon in the first place. Children these days, they're just streaming their lives away, not paying any attention to what's going on around them. "'The morning dove would have none of it. Jemmy saved the fairy crown and the fairies and, and, and... "'Oh, stop niggling, naggling around and excuse-making, dove,' said the old possum. "'The child lost her ribbon. "'If Mrs. Robin found it on the ground and you asked her to give it back "'and she said no, well, so be it. "'That's the end of it as far as I'm concerned.' And with that, the possum went on her way back to her nest. The old woman looked over at her bird friend. "'Now, Alice, of course, you did ask the robin for the ribbon back in the first place, didn't you?' "'Well, Alice got all flustered at this, and she replied, "'Oh, no, I could never do that. That's just so rude!' old woman was shocked. Um, Alice? Well, you, Well, yes, it, it, it's impolite to tell someone that they have something of yours and then ask for it back. And it isn't even my ribbon. It belongs to Jimmy. Who am I to ask for someone else's ribbon? Oh, the old woman sighed. Alice, Alice, Alice. Do you really think it's better to sneak up into someone's nest and try to steal something than it is to just simply ask for it back? Oh, said Alice, I never thought of it that way. The old woman shook her head. Alice, asking a question is often the very best way to start when you need help. Oh, said Alice. I guess so. And so, the next morning, a very tired Alice flew over to the robin's nest. She introduced herself to Mrs. Robin, and she asked for Jemmy's blue ribbon. And although the robin was very fond of her blue ribbon, she suddenly realized what all the trouble she'd had lately must have been about, and she gladly gave the ribbon back. To Alice. Later that day, as Jimmy stepped out of her back door, she found her blue hair ribbon, the one that her good friend Elliot had given her for her birthday. It had been carefully laid upon her doormat. How did this get here? She wondered. Her ribbon was certainly worse for wear. Upon close examination, it almost looked as though it had been woven into a bird's nest. It was so covered in bits of twigs and leaves. But of course, that couldn't possibly be, or she never would have gotten it back. Hmm. Jemmy washed her ribbon with the backyard hose, and she hung it over the porch railing to dry in the sun. And when it was clean and dry, she tied it in her hair, and she wandered out to look for birds and butterflies and hopefully some fairies out in the wildflowers. And with that, Quinquillo leaned back in his chair and everyone sighed and just sat for a moment in satisfaction for a story well told. A tale I've told, a tale I shared, a tale that's never been told, but if I can tell it, It must come from somewhere, but where? We may never know. And I'll ask you, where did it go? Hmm. Snip, snap, snout. My tale is all told out. Next week, I'll have a fun traveling show for you. It's called Charlie and Lucy on the Road, a sing-along episode. Will you come back next time and sing with me? Thank you for listening to the April 8 Songs and Stories Podcast. Subscribe today and never miss another story. The best places to follow me and my dog, Roxy, are on Instagram at April 8 Songs and Stories and on Facebook.com at April 8, and of course, on my blog, April8.com. And that 8 is always spelled out E I. G H T. And if you and your children are enjoying these tales, please share the April 8 Songs and Stories podcast with your friends and family and take a minute to write a review to help other parents find these stories for their own children. Until we meet again, remember, I love you and you are wonderful just as you are right now. La 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 la